0: Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to the Real Estate Edition. It's the Real Estate Edition only of the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. He's Ron Show. I'm Don O'Neill. Uh, we are broadcasters. Uh, we've been broadcasters for the last 30 years. Worked on Terrestrial Radio for 25 years. The last five years, we've been doing this podcast. Millions of people listen listened to it, which we're very thankful for. Uh, we have a very large social media following still from our years of broadcasting. And we use that in our real estate business. And in fact, uh, if you go to Ronadon.com or ronanddonsitdown.com, you can find out more about us as broadcasters and as real estate agents. So anyway, don't forget, if you need us, if you have any questions about real estate, just reach out. Uh, you can just go to ronodonsitdown.com and, and send us a note. Today, this is, kind of, this is kind of interesting. I read an article in a magazine that you can read online called Slate. One of the reasons I wanted to read the article, because it was talking about how important football is and why, why football is so important around the country. In fact, my son gave me a book for Father's Day about football, and I've been reading this book, and it's about all the men. In fact, I just got done reading a chapter on, on George Hallis. I won't. Well, it, it, the details actually aren't boring, but I'm going to wait until I get done with the book. And then I'm going to tell you more. Uh, I'm in the 1920s right now. The 1920s, football in America. Anyway, this gentleman uh, decided, here comes football season. Let's write a story. And we'll write this story. We'll do an essay. It's called Kingdom Quarterback. And it's a book about how American cities grew, how they failed, how they're changing, and why football matters so much. Uh, And this is supposed to be told through the narrative of Patrick Mahomes from Kansas City. And so what happened is this gentleman started to write this essay and do the work for this book. It was interesting because he ran into a character that wasn't Patrick Mahomes from Kansas City. It was J.C. Nichols from Kansas City. And as he started reading more about J.C. Nichols and who he was and the impact that it had on our neighborhoods, Uh, Ron, this is very interesting as real estate people because not only did J.C. Nichols have an incredible impact on the neighborhoods of Kansas City, but he also had an incredible impact uh, on neighborhoods really throughout the country, including here in Seattle. Yeah, So. so you
1: think historically about this, and we've seen the impact nationwide. Let's just sort of put ourselves, if we can, back into the late 1920s, early 1930s. And especially in a place like Kansas City, uh, Missouri, which is flat and sort of wide open, you know, sort of landscape. And so what would happen then is if you had a big swath of land, you could kind of build whatever you wanted. Uh, And so neighborhoods and and municipalities would sprout up uh, to where you might have a uh, an auto shop next to a barn, next to a house, and then there'd be a general store and a cemetery, and it would just sort of, whatever, if you own the land, you build what you want. And so JC Nichols had this idea where he's like, I wanna make some money here. How can I optimize these plots of land that I have? Um, what could I do to increase the value? Because they're kind of all the same in Kansas City. They're flat, they're hot, and here we go. And so he said, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to create this, this community, this set of house, this set of houses where we institute some rules. Where we're going to have, and it turned, eventually turned into a homeowners association. And so what I'm going to say is you can't, it's not a free for all in this plot of land. So maybe he's got a hundred acres or something and we're going to build a bunch of houses. Um, and if you want to move into this neighborhood, you can't build a barn we're not going to have an auto body shop next to the cemetery. If you're going to live in this neighborhood, all of the houses are going to be similar. We're going to all agree on the, the size of house you could have, maybe the type of building materials you could have, the standards that you could have, the
0: colors allowed colors.
1: We're going to have some uniformity to this neighborhood. And what he thought was I can charge a premium for that because I know a lot of people get annoyed if they're trying to keep their house a certain way and then someone next door uh, is going to open a, a rooster farm. They don't want that, so they want some uniformity. And he was right. People responded to this, and there was a, a type of home buyer in Missouri that was like, I like that. I want to live in, in a neighborhood where there are some rules. There's some basic guidelines. So as JC Nichols started this formula, he's like, well, I wonder what other rules I could add. And I wonder what other things that would I could charge a premium for. So he did that subdivision, basically, started another one. And as he moved through this journey of him developing neighborhoods and houses, he said, I wonder what would happen if I put some, some racial covenants in here. So we're going to have the same things about HOAs. But now I'm going to say this neighborhood and people that live here, they don't like Jewish people. Or not that they don't like them; they just don't want. They Jewish, don't allow them. They, they don't want Jewish people in synagogues and stuff yeah. in this this tract of land. And so he was able to get that codified, uh, and then they added other people. So you would have uh, black people, you have, you have Asian people, you sure. have brown people, and so he started to develop racial covenants, and he wrote them in a way that was relatively clever for the time. And it was sort of adopted then in Missouri, and you did see the 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 upshot of it was these neighborhoods were more valuable. The real estate did appreciate quicker than the the uh, adjoining real estate. They did not have these covenants,
0: and then and then because they're so people started to notice that then, then, and then, say, then, "Wow, these yeah. these
1: J.C. Nichols neighborhoods." those houses are more expensive than the other ones
0: and because there's more tax revenue coming in the schools are better we can attract and pay school teachers more uh we can have better services when it comes to police and fire and overall we can we can make people feel safe because the jews aren't in our neighborhood those troublemakers or those african americans or those asians we are safe here in, in our own community, which some people would also call a white flight community. You've probably heard of that before when segregation came and desegregation. Sunset communities were a sundown, sundown, sundown communities. They're called sundown communities, and you've seen this in Westerns. You better get out of town before the sun goes down or I'm coming after you with a gun. That, that, that right there that you see in Spaghetti Westerns, there's, there's some truth to that. Those are called sundown towns. Spokane. If you, have you ever wondered why in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, uh, there's militias there, and they're, they're, there's remnants of the KKK? You see the same thing when you, when you head up toward Bellingham. Those were all sundown towns, and many of these towns were founded by people that ended up leaving the South. They wanted a new start. They wanted to come west and even northwest, but they wanted to bring the south with them. That's why when you go into some cemeteries here and you'll see memorials for Confederate soldiers, those were sons and daughters of the Confederacy. So along with coming to these towns and creating these racial covenants, what's very interesting is you would get also get very powerful families, families like the Boeing family that would live in a place like Windermere. That's why it always bothered me that Windermere Real Estate calls itself Windermere. I think that that is outrageous, right? And I've had conversations with people about that at Windermere because of what that neighborhood represented here in Seattle when it came to racial covenants. If you wanted to live in Windermere and you were black, that wasn't going to happen. If you wanted to live there, and I will tell you this now, even if it's not written into the covenant, people find out you're gay and you're homosexual and transgender and Asian, and you just keep adding things on. Yeah, you weren't going to live in a neighborhood like Windermere. You weren't going to live in a city like Bellingham. Not that you weren't we're, going to live there. We're you not weren't gonna, allowed to we're, And we're not going to allow you in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, either. So, so that's why when a lot of people around here say, I feel so much safer when I go up to Bellingham. Why is it you feel safer when you go up to Bellingham? Because they have all the tents and RVs up there that we have as well. But but Bellingham, for a long time, has been a has been a sundown town.
1: So, so these covenants, they they had some success in Kansas City. Other developers started to get word of this. And but what they it, saw it, it as spread. success,
0: I, I, I don't think we consider it a success. But. Correct.
1: Well, in the times, in the, in the 30s and 40s, success meaning that they saw that these developments were happening, the relative price of those homes was higher, and people enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. So let, so let me ask you this. Fast forward to now. How come when you and I are doing real estate deals sometimes, we will still see some of these things that, have, that 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 crop up that I know early on when you and I saw these it really blew us away that here we are in 2019 2020 and now 2023 and you're still seen these things written into the record why haven't these all been eliminated
1: well they they can it's it's now considered it's illegal in washington state to have a racial covenant but not every single title report has been has been redacted and so i've found it a couple times brought it to the notice of the title company and they will go through the process of 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 removing that from the official record of that property. But it it is astonishing when you see it in print uh, and the language that is used in that print. And and I always like to stories like this because it really opened my mind to going, uh, seeing, you know, when you talk about privilege and you talk about, uh, I love the analogy of, of, uh, I scored a run and didn't realize that I started on third base. Uh, when other people, you know, have to go all the way around the base paths. These are the things that are embedded in that. If you were able to have access to a neighborhood like this, I always love the story of, of a friend of ours who is Jewish and he's a great golfer. The cl- he won, he, I think he's won a club championship like five years in a row. He couldn't have even played at that golf club. A generation ago because he was Jewish and in no way shape or form would they ever let him been a member and now he's the celebrated club champion uh, year after year after year because he's such a great golfer but it's the irony to me is really thick where it's like your grandfather could not have been a member of this club and now you are the club champion so there has been some progress but my point being is if you were afforded access to that neighborhood what else did you get access to, just because you happened to be fit the the, the demographic? Like Patrick, you said. Patrick
0: Mahomes, who they're doing this story uh, through through his lens in Kansas City wouldn't have been allowed to live in a lot of those neighborhoods. And
1: he wouldn't be allowed to live where he is right now. For sure. And it, so you get access to the schools. You yeah. get access to the after-school programs. You get access to the parks. You get access to the libraries. You get access uh, to grocery stores. You get access to fresh foods. Yeah. You get access to a higher ed- literacy rate. You get access to all of those things um by virtue of having access to that neighborhood and the opposite is true if you were if you were redlined it's called redlining when you were redlined and put into a uh, another neighborhood by force of law then the opposite is true where uh, and you and i've seen this in various parts of, of america where you don't have books at the school
0: people have to understand that the civil war for some people still isn't over it's still not over, and 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 that's why I think sometimes when, when white people, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement, they push back and can't we all just get along and it's all the same and we had the civil rights movement and we had the civil war and it's so but but no, when you look at the way that the laws were written, when you look at the way these covenants were written, even know that the North won and the South lost, that's not that's not what happened here.
1: And it's still alive in real estate. There's a great documentary. Uh, and this happened in, on the East Coast, where they did an undercover investigation. I think it was ProPublica. Yes. And they had Crazy. They had uh, uh, buyers go into the specific real estate brokerages, and one buyer was white, one buyer was Asian, one buyer was black, one, all, all the, the different demographics. And they watched, and they had their secret recordings of how these brokerages steered people away from the racial covenant neighborhoods into uh, a neighborhood that the agent thought was better for that client. So if it was a black client, they only wanted to show them houses in black neighborhoods and, and down the line, even when they requested to look at houses in the other neighborhoods. Uh, it's a devastating portrait when it happened. And, uh, you know, I know, I, I think I can speak on behalf of you. We are in the business of, of wanting to give access to to everyone.
0: Yeah, what's really cool in my neighborhood, when I when I moved to this neighborhood 13 years ago, I, I, the, the neighborhood, the majority was white. I never saw a black person, not a lot of Asian people, not a lot of people from the middle, none of that. I am now, the, my, 13 years later, because of what tech has brought... And people have moved here from all over the world. I'm now the minority in my neighborhood, which I think is great. I think it's great to look, look around and see all these young families that are from all over the world. And as a result of that, they have come to Seattle. And, and, and frankly, they've made our neighborhoods better, at least the, the neighborhoods that I'm in. They have made our neighborhoods better. So anyway, it, it, is, it is astonishing. And, and sometimes I know for a lot of us, white guys, us middle-aged white guys, when we hear white privilege and all that, we're like, ah, can you just leave us alone? Uh, but, but that's where a lot of this comes from. And that's why teaching our kids the proper history, not what we want our history to be, but actually what it is and what it was. Uh, we ha- we have to be fair to all of man and woman and humankind. By, by making sure that we tell the right story. So this is a story that I shared with my son the other day, and he was outraged by it. And that's good because his, his generation is not going to put up with it. They're just not. So anyway, hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. If you want to find out more about us and our real estate business, if we can help you in buying, selling, relocating, downsizing, upsizing, sizing right-sizing. Or maybe just investing, right? Maybe just investing. Maybe you're thinking about buying your first threeplex or buying something and turning it into a three plex or how do I build that ADU? Or maybe it's time for an eight door apartment building. We're here to help. All they have to do is reach out, right? Yeah,
1: you can email me directly, ron at com. You can get more information and uh, about us and our real estate business at ronandonsitdown.com.
0: Yeah, ronandonsitdown.com. Till next time, you're listening to the Ron and Don Show Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.